Okay, so we're continuing on throughout our journey of the book of Enoch. And we left off, uh, well, as always, we're going to seek to align it as much as possible with our canon. Our canon um, are the 66 books that we know and love. And canon in Hebrew as well as the Greek, no matter which language you look at, look at it in, it simply means a measuring stick. And so that's what we're seeking to do, to see if you know, the book of Enoch measures up. Well, I can assure you at this point, seeing that we're most mostly through the book of Enoch, that it does measure up. It measured up actually quite well, you know. Um, so having said okay so having said that let's uh let's just jump right in you know we left off with uh chapter 67 last week so this week we're going we're going into chapter 68 and so Sixty-eight one, Enoch sixty-eight one says, and after that, my grandfather Enoch gave me the teaching of all the secrets in the book of the parables, which had been given to him, and he put them together for me in words, in the words of the book of the parables. Now, this this is um, this is very interesting to me because it's you know speaking about you know uh, of course Enoch was the first one to write down prophecy. He was the first one to be given uh, the divine words from on high. And he put them in a book, you know, and he's passing the understanding, you know, down. So he, he's, he's passing it on to his, to his grandson, Noah, you know, and he gave him the teaching of all the secrets in the book of the parables. So the book that he passed down was a book of parables, mm. you know, and he helped him to understand, gave him all the secrets to understand in the parables. But what I want you to focus in on is that he gave him a book of parables, mm. you know, and this, this is um, hugely interesting to me because because when the clicker is clicking, <laughs> okay, I thought that was gone. Okay, because when the clicker is clicking, the passage come up. Okay, hallelujah. Because we read it, Yochanan 1 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, the word was with Elohim, and the word was Elohim. Hallelujah. You know, so Yah and his word is inseparable. You know, but when we take a look at Hebrews 13, 8, it tells us that um, Yahushua, who is the word that was Elohim, Yahushua Mashiach, he's the same yesterday and today and forever. Amen. You know, and so here it is. We see that Yahshua is the word and he doesn't change. You know, now, if he was the word yesterday, and he was the word from the beginning, then he was also the word in this book of parables. Mm -hmm. You know, and 
when we consider Matthew Yahoo 1334, it says, All these things spake Yahushua unto the multitude in parables. And without a parable, spake he not unto them. <laughs> when you see this and you understand this, you begin to also see that we have, we have also been handed down a book of parables. Because if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, then, and he's the word, and he only speaks to the multitudes in parables, well, in whose hands are scripture? Are they not in the hands of the multitudes? You know, he passes down the book of parables, you know, and if you're astute, you'll also be able to see that he gives the teaching of the secrets of those parables to certain individuals. Amen. Amen. Let's take a couple, look at a couple examples. Um, to heal or Psalms 114.6. Says ye mountains that ye skip like rams and ye little hills like lambs. Now, when we read this, it is obvious that this is parabolic, right? Because you know, mountains, you know, don't exactly skip like rams, right? You know, and little hills, they don't they don't skip like lambs. You know, and how about Yeshayahu 5 verse 7? It says, For the vineyard of Yahuwah Zavuot is the house of Israel. And the men of Yahuda his pleasant plan. And he looked for judgment, but behold, oppression for righteousness, but behold, a cry. Now, again, this is obviously a parable, right? See, but what I want you to uh, know and understand is we receive a book of parables. And even as what Yahshua said, what it says about Yahshua, the word that don't change, you know, when he spoke to the multitudes, he spoke. Without a parable, he spake not unto them. Everything he said was a parable. Even some of the answers and the illuminations that he gave his disciples was still part parabolic. Parabolic in answering the parable. You know, now, you know, that said, I want you to also understand that passages such as Genesis 12, 1, which says, Now Yahuwah said unto Aaron, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. Yes, this too is parabolic. Now that's because something is parabolic doesn't mean that it doesn't have a literal meaning. It doesn't mean that it doesn't have a literal application. It doesn't mean that it's not literally history. But we're talking about the word of the most high. We're talking about something that is divine by nature. And Yah is so good that he's able to take historical events and put them in a way that they're parabolic. Put them in a way that they have meaning and substance on the surface as well as within. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not going to change. He will forever speak to the multitudes in parables. And he will forever expound 
the teaching of all the secrets to those parables to his disciples. You know, to those who walk with him. Let me have my uh, first reader read Enoch 68, 2 through 5, please. And on that day, Michael answered Raphael and said, the power of the Ruach transports and makes me to tremble because of the severity of the judgment of the secrets, the judgment of the angels who can endure the severe judgment, which has been executed and before which they melt away. And Michael answered again and said to Raphael, who is he whose heart is not softened concerning it and whose reins are not troubled by this word of judgment that he has gone forth upon them because of those who have thus led them out. And it came to pass that when he stood before the Adonai of Rukot, Michael said thus to Raphael, I will not take their part under the eye of the Adonai, but the Adonai of Rukot has been angry with them because they do as if they were the Adonai. Therefore, all that is hidden shall come upon them forever and ever. For neither angel nor man shall have his portion in it, but alone they have received their judgment forever and ever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, so, you know, y'all don't like nobody trying to take his job. <laughs> you know, he, he's very angry with them because they did as if they were the Adonai. And, you know, as we know, you know, via other places of scripture, as well as, you know, um, uh, even some of the things we've learned here in the book of Enoch, these angels are going to be released, you know, and they're going to be allowed to roam the earth um, again. And guess what they're going to do again? They're going to try to act as if they were the Adonai. Mm -hmm. And scripture tells us this. You know, if we consider 2 Thessalonians 2, 4, it says, who opposeth and exalteth himself, speaking about the, um, the uh, son of perdition, you know, and, and when he began to exalt himself, you know, in the, in the last days, in the last times, you know, um, and I'm here to tell you, just in case you didn't know, I'm here to let you know that there's never, ever, ever been a people on the face of this planet that has ever been closer to these end time prophecies coming to pass than us. And tomorrow, we'll be even closer. You know, so it says, whoso opposes and exalts himself above all that is called Elohim or that is worshiped. So that he as Elohim sit up in the temple of Elohim, showing himself that he is Elohim. Mm -hmm. Now, what you going? What you think that's going to do to the demeanor of of Yah? Mm -hmm. We already see. We already know he don't change. You know, so if he was angry with them because they was acting as if they were the Adonai before, he's going to be angry again. And when he gets angry, he pours out his wrath. Mm -hmm. You know, also consider uh, this passage in Yeshayahu, and it's Isaiah chapter 14, 12 through 19. My next reader, please. All right, thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. 
How art thou cut down now which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of Elohim. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the, the heights of the clouds. I will like I will be like the most high. Yet thou shall be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shape kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the house of his prisoners? All the kings of the nation, even all of them, lie in glory, every one in his own house. But thou art cast out of the out of thy grave like an abomination, abominable, a branch as the raiment of those that are slain. Thrust thou thrust through with a sword that go down to the stone of the pits of the pit as a carcass threatened underfoot. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we see we see here Lucifer um, it is said that he you know, will ascend above the heights of the clouds and try to be like the most high as well. And then Yah gets angry, pour out his wrath, and he'll be brought down to H-E double hockey sticks to the sides of the pit. You know, so you know, Yah doesn't do anything different. You know, he's he's pretty pretty consistent, you know, and this is how he tells the end from the beginning. This is how we can know what's going to happen, even by no understanding what has happened, you know, and so. We have tomorrow's newspaper written for us even today. We just have to learn how to read it. You know, so we'll get into chapter 69. Now that's the end of 68. Let me have my next reader read Enoch 69, 1 through 5, please. And after this judgment, they shall purify and make them to tremble because they have shown this those who dwell on the earth and behold the names of the angels these are their names the first of them samyaza the second Artifa, the third harman the fourth Kokabel, the fifth turael the sixth romial the seventh daniel the eighth nekoal the ninth barakel the tenth, Azazel, the eleventh, Aramos, the twelfth, Batar Yao, the thirteenth, Busa Yao, the fourteenth, Hananao, the fifteenth, Torel, the sixteenth, Simas Seel, the seventeenth, Jethro, the eighteenth, Tamael, the nineteenth, Torel, the twentieth, Ulael, the twenty-first, First, Azazel, and these are the chiefs of their angels and their names and their chief ones over hundreds and over fifties and over tens. The name of the first is Yakon, that is the one 
who led astray all the sons of Elohim and brought them down to the earth and led them astray through the daughters of men. And the second one was named Azbael. He imparted to the holy sons of Elohim evil counsel and led them astray so that they defiled their bodies with the daughters of men. Hallelujah. Okay, so um, one of the first things I want to point out uh, is uh, in number 10, we have Azazel. And in number 21 is Azazel. Uh, in the child's rendition, it actually says Azazel here as well. But in the Lawrence edition, it says I. Azazel, uh, sin, you know, that is, it was slightly different. I went with that. Uh, so just wanted to point that out because, that, you know, we're going through uh, Irish Child's edition. Now, also, we see that it speaks of them that these, these uh, fallen angels had led astray had been led astray through the daughters of men. And they, they led them astray so that they defiled their bodies with the daughters of men. You know, and of course we, we read about this in Genesis 6, 1 through 6, where it says, and it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of Elohim saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, that they took them wives of all which they chose. And Yahuwah said, my Ruach, my spirit shall not strive, always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of Elohim came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And Yahuwah saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented Yahuwah that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. So we see this very much aligns with what Enoch is saying. Then we have Enoch 69, 6 and 7, you know, um, and it's, it speaks of the third uh, and his says his name was Gabriel, uh, and it says he it is who showed the children of men all the blows of death, and led Eve astray, led astray Eve, and showed the weapons of death to the sons of men, the shield and the coat of mail and the sword for battle, and all the weapons of death to the children of men, and from his hand they have proceeded against those who dwell on the earth from that day and forevermore. Mm -hmm. So here it is, you know, if um, you have eyes to see this, you know, this is the origin of martial arts. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the blows of death. There's a, actually a, an art called, you know, Damak, you know, which is nothing but blows of death. You know, the whole art is centered around you know, one hit of quitters, so to speak, you know, and also responsible for all the weapons, you know, that have taken place, you know, and so we can see like this cat, you know, he got in big trouble, yeah. you know, he's responsible for countless deaths, yeah. countless deaths, 
you know, by, by releasing that information. You know, uh, now, as aforementioned, it also spoke of this, this uh, angel, this particular angel, saying that he had led astray Eve. Uh, when we look at the account in Genesis 3, 4 through 6, it says, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall, sure, ye shall not surely die, but Elohim do know that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. That sounds familiar, trying to, you know, takes place in um, Yah again, right? Mm -hmm. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired, to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did it. You know, and so here it is, if this was God drill, if this was God drill, you know, then God drill must be the serpent. You know, now, just so happens that scripture elsewhere does speak of some serpentine creatures or serpentine type angels. And they're spoken of in Yeshayahu chapter six, you know, verses one and two says, in the year of King Uzziah, in the, king that, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Adonai sitting upon a throne. Hi and lifted up. His train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain, he did cover his face. And with twain, he covered his feet. And with twain, he did fly. Now this word seraphim actually speaks to a type of serpent. You know, and so we see that some angels are serpentine types creatures you know so again just showing you the alignment you know and Enoch is telling us that it was God real in particular that done this that's what we need so uh let me have my next reader read Enoch 69 8 through 11 please <laughs> And the fourth was then you he taught the children of men the bitter and sweet and he taught them all the secrets of their wisdom. And he instructed mankind in writing with ink and paper and thereby many sinned from eternity to eternity and until this day. For men were not created for such a purpose to give confirmation to their good faith with pen and ink. For men were created exactly like the angels to the intent that they should continue pure and righteous and death, which destroys everything, could not have taken hold of them. But through this, their knowledge, they are perishing and through this power, it is consuming me. Hallelujah. Okay, so it says he taught them the secrets of their wisdom. The secrets of their wisdom, the wisdom that they had been imparted with, you know, and also take note something pretty interesting. Um, verse eleven says, "For men were created exactly like the angels, to the intent to the intent that they should continue pure and righteous, you know, and death, which destroys everything, could not have taken hold of them." So, what do we learn about this? 
we learn that if we remain pure and righteous, then death cannot take hold on us. Amen. Because Yah doesn't change. That's right. You know, and so we're being told that we were created like angels in the intent that if we should continue pure and righteous, that death which destroys everything won't be able to take hold, it won't take hold on us. You know, and so this is why Yahshua came to teach us to be pure and righteous. You know, actually, he came to teach us to be righteous. Torah teaches us to be pure. You know, and so this is uh pretty big in my book. You know, this is this, you know, this is um some some good good stuff right here. You know, anything that's gonna teach us how how to um, keep death up off of them. Yeah, right. Amen. You know, let's talk about this wisdom that they had. Jeremiah 8, 8, 9 says, how do, you, how do you say we are wives and the Torah of Yahuwah is with us? Lo, certainly in vain made he it. The pen of the scribes is in vain. The wise men are ashamed. They are dismayed and taken. Lo, they have rejected the word of Yahuwah. And what wisdom is in <laughs> See, what I want you to understand is that there's a wisdom from on high and there's a wisdom uh, from below. Yes. And the wisdom that's from below is from those fallen angels that are below. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, but don't take my word for it. Let's go to Yahuwah. We're going to um, read verses 3, verses 13 through 18. He says, who is a wise man and endure with knowledge among you? Let him show out of good conversation. Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness and wisdom. Now, just a uh, word to the wise. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure, but, you know, somebody can double check it for me. But this word conversation, this word conversation right here doesn't mean to converse. It speaks to behavior. It speaks to one's behavior. So in all actuality, what James is saying, or what Jacob is saying, he's saying, let him show out of a good behavior his works with meekness of wisdom. And then he goes on to say, but if ye have bitter envy, and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above. It is earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion in every evil world. You know, and so this is that wisdom that comes from below. It's a devilish type wisdom. And that is what these fallen angels share with humanity. You know, but Yaakov goes on in verses 17 and 18. He says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceful, then gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of the righteous is sown in peace of them that make peace. And this is how you can tell which wisdom you're working with or someone that's around you is working with. Let me have my next reader read verses 12 through 17 of Enoch 69. And the fifth was named Kashdija. This is he who showed 
the children of men, all the wicked, smitten of spirit and demons and the smittings of the embryo in the womb that it may pass away and the smiting of the soul, the bites of the serpent and the smiting which befall through the noontide heat. The sons of the serpent named Tabaet. And this is the task of Baal, the chief of the oath, which he showed to the Holy One when he dwelled high above glory. And his name was Bakwa. This angel requested Michael to show him the hidden name that might enunciate, enunciate it in the oath so that those who might quake before the name and oath who revealed all that was the secrets in the children of men. And this is the power of this oath. For it is powerful and strong, and he but this is powerful of an oath. For it is powerful and strong, and he placed that oath. A K is the hand of Michael, and those are the secrets of the oath, and they are strong through his oath. And the heavens was suspended before the world was created and forever. And though in the earth was found, founded upon the water, and from the secret recesses of the mountains and beautiful waters from the creation of the world until eternity. Hallelujah. Okay. You know, so did you did you catch that? You know, this this uh Kazdeya, you know, uh fallen angel. He's responsible for the smitings of the embryo in the womb that it may pass. In other words, he's responsible for abortion. You know, now we see, you know, where the idea of abortion stems from. And boy, have they taken it and ran with it today. Yet there will be a price to pay. And let me have my next, my next reader read verses 18 through 23, please. And through the and through that oath, the sea was created. And as in his foundation, he set forth the sand against the time of his anger. And it dare not pass beyond it from the creation of the world unto eternity. And through the oath are the depths made fast and abide in stride, not from their place from eternity to eternity. And through that oath, the sun and the moon complete their course and evade not from their ordinance from eternity to eternity. And through that oath, the stars complete their course and he calls them by their names and they answer him from eternity to eternity. And in like manner, the spirits of the water and of the wind and all of Zephyrus and their paths from all quarters of the wind. And there are perverse voices and, and they preserve the voices of the thunder and light of lightning, and they are preserved the chambers of hell 
in the chambers of Orphos. Hallelujah. Okay, so um, it speaks about, you know, uh, through this oath, through the oath, the sun and the moon complete their course. You know, we have we have uh, a term for this course, you know, nowadays it's called circadian rhythm, you know, and it is this course that that actually the circadian rhythm is this cycle, you know, that is responsible, you know, for pretty much all of life on the planet. You know, and then verse 23 spoke about there being preserved the voices of the thunder and the light of the lightnings, you know, and our canon does align with these with these thunders having voices. In Revelation 10, 3, we read, and cried with a loud voice as when a lion roared, and when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. And, and this is speaking about, you know, um, uh, uh, one of the angels uh, crying out with a loud voice as when a lion roared. And then seven thunders begin to speak. What do you know? Mm -hmm. Thunders can't talk, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and then we have Enoch 69, 24 says, in the chambers of the mist and the chambers of the rain and the dew and all these believe and all these believe and give thanks before Yahuwah of Rukot and glorify him with all their power and their food is in every act of thanksgiving and they thank and glorify and extol the name of the Adonai of Rukot forever and ever. Think about that for a minute. Think about that for a minute. It says, and their food, their food is in every act of thanksgiving. And so, so that is something that's awesome to think about. You know, their food is in every act of thanksgiving and they glorify and extol their name. Do you understand that this is how, this is how they, they go on through life. They go on through life by giving thanks. And glorifying ex and extolling Yah. I'm sorry, Pastor, but could you go over that again? Yes. So it's speaking about the chambers of the mist and the chambers of the rain. And it says, and the dew, and it says, all these believe and give thanks before Yahuwah and glorify him with all their power. You know, and it speaks about the angels, their food is in every act of thanksgiving. And they thank and glorify and extol the name of the Adonai of Hukot forever and ever. You know, so in other words, you know, they live by giving thanks to Yah. They live by glorifying Yah and extolling the name of Yah. This is their food. You know, now if, if, we, if we go back a little bit, if we go back just a little bit, um, Let's see, where is it at? It, it speaks about how we were made similar to them. Was that verse 11? Yes. Yes, for men were created exactly like the angels to the intent that they should continue pure and righteous. So we have some similarities, you know, to the angels. So if these angels, if they're food, if they're food, you know, is is actually to to 
give thanks and glorify and extol the name of the Adonai Rukot, then our food should be something similar. And we we find, you know, in alignment to this, we find in Luke 4, 4, it says, and Yahushua answered him saying, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of Elohim. Mm -hmm. You know, so their spiritual food is to give thanks and praises and extol. Yah, our spiritual food is every word of Elohim. Every word of Elohim. That's what we're supposed to consume. That is how we perpetuate life. You know, um, that's how we're supposed to perpetuate life here as well as in the hereafter. In other words, obedience to, you know, um, Yah's will, way, and purposes, which are in his word, because that's what his word is. It's will, way, and purposes. And so we have to understand what our spiritual food is, because some of us, some of us are fasting. Some of us are fasting. You know, we just, uh, you know, during testimony time, someone was sharing that, you know, they, they felt the need to eat more. They didn't know if that, that that's what they were saying, but they was basically saying that they were starving and that they felt the need to eat more. See, they spirit man has gotten hungry. Mm -hmm. Their spirit man wanted more word. You know, but they they had been fasting. You know, there's a lot of us that, you know, are fasting our spirit, man. But you have to be careful because, you know, uh, like the natural man, if you go too long without food, you may starve to death. Amen. You know, so for those of you all who feel like you've been a father from above, it's imperative that you eat. And if you don't know what your spiritual food is, and if you don't know how to feed that spirit, man, you know, it can be a problem. It can be, it can be stillborn. Hmm. Say a lot. You know, uh, verses 25 through 27 goes on to say, this oath is mighty over them, and through it they are preserved, and their paths are preserved, and their course is not destroyed. And there was a great joy amongst them, and they blessed and glorified and extolled because the name of that son of man had been revealed unto them. We know who that is, right? And he sat on the throne of his glory, and the son of judgment was given unto the son of man, and he caused the sinners to pass away and be destroyed from off the face of the earth, and those who have led the world astray. And verse 28 goes on to say, and with chains they be bound, and in their assemblage, uh, in their assemblage place of destruction, shall they be imprisoned. And all their works vanish from the face of the earth. Now, our canon does align with this in Jude. We read, we read about, um, about this. And it's, it's in Jude 1, 3 through 6. It says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort to you that ye earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Now, this is not exactly why we came here, but we're going to have to just stop here for just a second. See, because I want you to first realize the reason that Jude is writing this letter, you know, and he's writing this letter unto us, you know, um, concerning the common salvation. 
the common salvation. He says it was needful for him to write. Now, this is way back when. It was needful for him to write unto us and exhort us that ye should earnestly contend, that means fight, for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. You know, this implies that there's a yet another faith that is circulating that wasn't delivered to the saints in the beginning. Can you see that? And he goes on to expound on it in, in verse four. He says, but there are certain men crept in unawares who were of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our Elohim into lasciviousness and denying the only Adonai Elohim and our Adonai Yahushua Mashiach. Verse five, and I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Adonai having saved the people out of the land of Mitzrayim afterwards destroyed them that believed not. Woo! That's powerful. That's powerful. That's so powerful. That is really powerful. Because if you ask the average 2.5 billion Christians on the planet today, if they're saved, most of them say yes. But what is Jude saying? He said, I will put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Adonai, having saved the people out of the land of Mitzrayim, afterward destroyed them that believed not. So you can be saved and still be destroyed. There were 600,000 plus women and, um, and children that came out of Mitzrayim. Of those 600,000 plus women and children, conservatively speaking, we'll just say, you know, something like 1.2 million. That's just being super conservative. Only two. Only two. Not no, we're not putting no zeros behind it, just two. Crossed over the Jordan into the promised land. So all those folks that were saved found out in the end they weren't saved. Say loud. Jude 1 6, and the angels which kept not their first estate. Now, this is why we came here. The angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. And this is exactly what Enoch 69 28 is speaking of. With chains shall they be bound, and in their assemblage place of destruction shall they be imprisoned. You know, now I found this to be pretty interesting too, because it kind of tells us that where they are imprisoned, where they have been reserved in everlasting chains under darkness, is the same place that they assembled when they when they got together to do their dastardly deed. You know, Yah imprisoned them in that very spot as a reminder unto them, you know, uh, what they did and why they were there. And then also second keepers or second Peter 2, 4 also bears witness to this as well. It says, for if Elohim spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down into H-E double hockey sticks and delivered them into chains 
and have preserved them unto judgment. So again, we see, see likewise, you know, and then we have Enoch 69, 29. And from thenceforth, there shall nothing be, there shall be nothing corruptible for that son of man has appeared. Hallelujah. And has seated himself on the throne of glory and all evil shall pass away before his face. And the word of that son of man shall go forth and be strong before the Adonai of the code. You know, and this is also aligns with our, with our canon. In Matthew Yahoo 25, 31 through 32, Yahshua, our Messiah, our King, he says, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. Hallelujah. And before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divided his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. You know, judgment time, right? Also, we have another um, passage that bear witness. Um, in Zechariah chapter 6, verses 11 through 13, it says, Then take silver and gold and make crowns and set them upon the head of Joshua, which is actually Yahushua in the Hebrew. You know, the son of Yosedek, or Yosedek meaning the righteousness of Yah, the high priest. Yeah, it's not too hard to figure that out, right? That out, right? You know, because Yahushua is the righteousness of Yah, and he is our high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Amen. Verse 12, and speak unto him, saying, Thus speak of Yahuwah Zabaoth, saying, Behold, the man whose name is the branch. And he shall grow up out of his place, and he shall build the temple of Yahuwah. Even he shall build the temple of Yahuwah. And he shall bear the glory and shall sit and rule upon his throne. And he shall be a priest upon his throne. And the council of peace shall be between them both. Hallelujah. So we see this does line up pretty good. That's all I have for you today. Pray with the blessing.